Welcome everyone to this week's Really Big Fan Pod. I'm your host, Jazuk. I'm joined as always by my co-host, Acronym. Sup? 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 And then you give, give him the Forrest first Whitaker eye. <laughs> Sorry about that. What if that becomes our intro? <laughs> like Sup? every week we have to do that and then say the Forrest Whitaker line in in, and in unison. Yeah. I mean, we did the whole thing sort of in unison. <laughs> I think that the only logical closure point at the end of that is we need to have Forrest Whitaker as a guest, which oh, I don't know. That would be cool. I don't know if we can get to that. We point. just ask him a bunch of Star Wars questions. I know, right? Actually, I would ask him about being on the shield. Yeah. Because I did watch that and he was amazing on it. I forget what else he was in that I've seen, but he's a phenomenal actor. He brings it. Yeah. No matter what he's in, he brings it. No matter it. what. He's Fantastic. In. Yep. So yeah, you're listening to the Really Big Fan Pod. This is where we talk about things we are really big fans about. And this week, uh, we have no guest because uh, both of us were really big fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe franchise. I say were, we still are. Yeah. Um, and we had two major releases uh, in the last seven days, which would be the Marvels movie and um, the Loki series. And we wanted to talk about that. So it's going to be pretty spoiler heavy. I think I might rearrange the show a little bit so we can just put the spoilers at the end okay. of the show. Like, we'll, So do we want to do our serotonin boost now? Is that what you're thinking? Well, what I'm thinking is we'll 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 do the, the headlines like we normally do. Uh-huh. And then we'll hit we'll come back and we'll do our serotonin boost real quick. Uh-huh. And then uh and then we'll do the uh the, the, roll the yeah that. okay the third segment yep. will be the the spoiler segment so, so we will warn you ahead of time yeah exactly when you hear us going into our third segment and we say spoilers ahead really you're not going to miss anything other than like the little end tag yeah so all right well with that being said headline time today they announced the game of the year or the the video game awards for this year and while i know that you haven't played a whole lot of video games. I'm sure you've heard of many of these Oh, yeah. Games. I've heard. Of, I've been looking over and I've yeah. heard about 80% of them. I just don't. So I figured I'd, I'd mention some of them and, and we can give our own takes on what we think. Because you can nominate for the next couple of weeks what you, oh, th- nice. who th- you think should win. And then we'll find out in December. And that's also where a lot of places will uh, put their their big release uh, schedule. Like they've been rumoring for weeks that the next Grand Theft Auto uh, the first trailer is going to be during the video game awards this year. Gotcha. More than likely. Mm. So going for game of the year this year uh, is Baldur's Gate 3, which I've heard a lot about. Uh, Alan Wake 2, which just released and I've heard some good things about. Marvel Spider-Man 2, the new Super Mario Wonder, uh, Tears of the Kingdom, Legend of Zelda, and the re-release of Resident Evil 4. That's a stack. That's really a stack. I feel like it's got to be between... Spider-Man and Zelda. Yeah, that's that's where, where my heart's at. Yeah, that, that's like I, where my brain would go just by the the sh- the buzz around each game. Yeah, the visual gorgeousness of it. I think it would be easy to overlook Tears of the Kingdom because it released in the spring, but it was such a great phenomenon of people constructing cars and robots and yeah. just tons of neat things I that no like, other game really gave us. Yeah, I feel like with that one, too, it turns into one of those things like how Shameless wins the Emmy all the time. Like, yeah, y- you can't can screw that. with Zelda now that they're making it so unbelievably beautiful. Right. I've even heard good things about Super Mario Wonder, but I would be shocked to see it, you know, absolutely dominate as game of the year. Right. <laughs> After it's only been out for like a week or two. Yeah. No, but I definitely think that Spider-Man puts a contention on that for sure. Cause... Yeah, you've got five of those six games in for best game direction. Mm-hmm. Um, for best adaptation, they've got the Castlevania Nocturne anime mm-hmm. over on Netflix. The Gran Turismo 
uh, live action movie, The Last of Us on HBO, the Super Mario Brothers movie, yeah, and the Twisted Metal, which we still haven't gotten around to seeing. But like, it's I think it's between The Last of Us and the Mario Super Mario. Oh movie, yeah, really. definitely, definitely. I I don't think that Anthony Mackie is going to top Twisted Metal, even with Samoa Joe in tow. No, um, definitely could see Last of Us taking it just because it's more serious. Yeah, it's a drama versus it being Super Mario Bros. But right. Uh, they've got uh, the best narrative, best art direction, best score in music. Um, hmm. See, I don't know a lot of these musical tracks. There's a Final Fantasy in here, the new one, Final Fantasy 16. Yeah. Um, best audio design, Dead Space, Spidey 2, Resident Evil. I Alan feel like Wake. audio design is basically the same thing that you would land on when you watch movies and you have people getting credits for visual. Yeah. Like, um, like makeup and graphics and stuff like that i feel like audio design is really important to a video game it is funny too that the like the spider-man web thip thwip has been kind of the same sound mm -hmm. for years yeah like somebody had to broke don't fix it right but somebody had to originally like what maybe in the 70s figure out like what does that sound like we've seen the little thwip in the mm -hmm. comics a million times but we're like is it like, you know, what does that sound like? Um, they've got a bunch of act, uh, voice actors for best performance. Yeah, it's going to go down to Cameron Monaghan and Idris Elba, I would bet. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Which is funny because that Star Wars Jedi Survivor is like not up for almost anything else. Yeah, but people were really stoked about him for some reason, which yeah. is why I know about it. Right. I don't know. Yuri Lowenthal does a great job in the Spider-Man games as Spider-Man. And I don't say that just because I got to talk to him at a Yumacon <laughs> one year. That's <laughs> uh, eh, not a best ongoing game. That's all the like uh, service games. They've got Fortnite, Genshin Impact. Mm -hmm. That's nice that they have a category for it, though. So Apex. You end up uh, dealing with f like Fortnite taking over everything. Yeah, Fortnite has, basically has its own little uh, thing. Yeah, it's Best Independent Game has Dave the Diver, Dredge, and Sea of Stars in there. Those are all really fun. Haven't heard of those, but... Yeah. No, I've, I've heard good things. I've watched the trailers. I'm like, a best mobile game. I'm interested in this. Hello Kitty Island Adventure. Hello Kitty Island Adventure, Monster Hunter Now, Honkai Star Rail, Terranil, and the Final Fantasy VII mobile game, which is beautiful for a oh, mobile your, game your marvel game didn't end up in there no that's that's bunk what is that about <laughs> marvel snap is the shit y'all y'all don't know what you're talking about uh best action game armored core hi-fi rush ghost Runner, dead island remnant uh armored core really probably know what those are yeah action adventure alan wake spidey resident evil Zelda again. Yeah. How Zelda doesn't walk out with like every category is beyond yeah, me. Yeah, Zelda's going to take a lot of these, I feel like. Best fighting game, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl does not deserve to be on there. Yeah, get the hell out of here. <laughs> Fuck that, that game sucks. Well, the first one is the one we played and it was oh, not yeah. great. Yeah, so. hopefully two is better because right. the first one sucks. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were. Yeah, King Mob in the chat saying Baldur's Gate is better than Zelda. I don't. It's the creation thing in Zelda. Like no game this year has given us that kind of wild toolbox to play with. What is Baldur's Gate? Baldur's Gate is based on a Dungeons and Dragons setting, mm -hmm. and it's a um, it's a role playing game. Gotcha. It's okay. a a little from what I from what I've seen because I haven't played it. From what I've seen, it's a little bit like Diablo, but it's also also a lot of like voice acting and making decisions and getting party members and. 
you know, it's a little bit of like Mass Effect. Gotcha. Best multiplayer. Super Mario Wonder, really? Against like Street Fighter 6, Diablo 4, Baldur's Gate is another one that people play together. What is Party Animals? I don't know what Party Animals is. (laughs) I I have to look that up. Best esports game. Oh, there's no Pokemon. uh, What is it? Pokemon Unite on here. Garbage. Yep, this is garbage. (laughs) Best esports. Garbage. What is this garbage? What is this garbage? Best esports athlete. Best esports coach. Oh, geez. What is is that all about? Uh, Must see sport event? Yeah. I mean, I guess that's important to some people, I guess. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently not to us, but I'm sure other people that love esports are really invested. If you you want our quick hot takes, it's that Legend of Zelda is going to sweep these awards. Yeah. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of that. Yes. uh, Nintendo (laughs) announced last week there will be a live action Zelda movie. On the way, the creator, uh, Shigeru Miyamoto, is co-producing with Avi Arad, hmm. who did a lot of the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff and gotcha. the Spider-Verse stuff. I don't I think... I have been seeing Boss Logic posting somewhat awful photoshops of, like, putting human faces on them, which, honestly, like, his, his stuff lately has not been great. Um, I don't but... know. I love his Fantastic Four pictures that you've been sending me. Oh, yeah. It, it's, like, it's funny, but he used to be more, like, streamlined. I think he yeah. might be overworked at this point. Maybe. He's just, like, I can do a better job. Right. <laughs> I'm going to save that one for... Uh, so, uh, Steam is rolling out a new feature... <laughs> Which will allow users to hide games from their friends in their, you know, when you look on somebody's Steam account and see what what achievements they have and and what games they're playing. It will allow you to hide your porn games. No hentai borkers for you. (laughs) No one's going to know about it. I feel like um, I've yet to play a porn game I would not proudly leave in my Steam list. (laughs) I'm not saying I played a lot. But I'm saying the ones I've played, I would proudly display. People would be like, you played, you know, this? I'd be like, hell yeah, and it's great. I think om- the only thing that I have ever played that would even get anywhere remotely close to that is Hot Full Boyfriend. Shower with your dad simulator, 2015. What? It's a great game. Jesus. I would consider, uh, what do you call it, uh, Norman Reedus showering in, uh, <laughs> in Death Stranding to be pornish. A little bit pornish. There's just always once an again, ad over his penis, though. Once again, I would not hide Death Stranding from my... Uh, Shower with your dancing. Look it up on Steam. Can't believe it's a thing. It's amazing. It looks like an Atari 2600 game. Awful. It's amazing. Awful. You're, you play a little kid, and there's three dads what with... The fuck? In, in a in a like uh, uh, a locker room shower. This is getting worse by the minute. And you have to run to the dad that's yours. There's like a white black haired dad, a white ginger dad, and then a black dad. And depending on which kid you have, you have to run. You have to go to your dad. If you go to the wrong dad, then you just game over. How is that porn? <laughs> it's not okay. It's not, but it's silly. <laughs> <laughs> Slipping that together with it being a porn thing was like, what is it? Was that like when you fucked grandpa? Did he tell you that he loved you from like 182? Like, what the fuck? And there's like, sometimes there's soap on the floor, which will make you slide into the wrong. That's awful. Sometimes there's a little wet. uh, I don't want to talk about this anymore. It's weird. Such a good game. I'm going to have to stream that game. God, awful. Game's fantastic. I want to just, I want to stream the duck game. They added uh they added Omni Man to the new Mortal Kombat. Yes, I've heard that because his finisher is the the 
going through the he train. He runs you through the train and then that squish, is his, it, squishes your head. I watched the whole animation yeah. and was just like, they did a good job with that. They really did. Apparently- that one and what's the other one? There other was what? another finisher from another franchise that they added. I don't know if it was Street Fighter or something, mm-hmm. but like they added two like iconic finishers for the character. It has to have been Mortal Kombat. Yeah, maybe it was that. Because Mortal Kombat is just like, that's all Mortal Kombat is known for. Oh, yeah. Insane finishers. Right. Yeah. But, but yeah, Omni-Man with the train, it looks so good. I think they even got J.K. Simmons to do the voice for it, too. Well, of course they did. Like, why wouldn't they? J.K. Yep. Simmons is just like, no, it's my character. Nobody else can play my <laughs> character. You want me to be Jonah J- Jameson for, like, the 80th time? I'm fucking in. It's funny because... <laughs> Uh, he's apparently super overpowered, but like Mortal Kombat fans are just like enjoying having him there. Yeah. So I'm sure when there are serious tournaments, it's going to be like, yeah, nobody gets to play Omni-Man. <laughs> but <laughs> it's funny that they would waste time and resources to make a character that would not. Uh, we'll nerf him eventually, I'm right. sure, but not right now. Nintendo did a, uh, they do this uh, quite often. They they reveal like, here's a whole bunch of uh, independent games that mm-hmm. are coming to the Switch. One of them, which looks really cool, is called Backpack Hero. Mm-hmm. And like on the bottom of your screen, you have your hero and he's just kind of walking along and then he comes up against people that he has to fight. And on the top of your screen where you're actually playing, you're just doing the inventory from Resident Evil. You're just like moving the inventory around in his backpack. This is so you. It's so me. This is like your unpacking game. Yes. Everything. This man stims so much. I do. With video games or working at a comic book store. Right. This is the thing that I'm really excited about, though. Core Keepers coming to the Switch. Nice. And that's a game that I've played with the boys. Mm-hmm. And with and with us. What do you guys actually call Core Keeper? Because you don't call anything by its actual name. I don't remember because we haven't played it in forever. Yeah. But it will be eight players um, you do have like giant bosses that you can fight legend old school top down legend of Zelda style mm-hmm. but then most of the game is literally just like you're you're in a mine you're in a cave and you gotta dig out walls and you gotta like make little bases and put little traps down and doors and stuff so that the 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 monsters the little goblins don't come in and take all your stuff hmm. it's so much fun gotcha yeah that's cool yeah so that's coming to the switch look forward to that stuff um the new rumor oh god is that Pedro Pascal could be Mr. Fantastic. I, I actually don't want it. No? I don't want it. I think he would He would actually- He has no child to foster across long distances as Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> he, he could make a pretty credible Mr. Fantastic. I don't know. I, I love him to death, and I think he could do anything, but at yep. the same time, I'm just like, mm, no. No, I- I already don't like Mr. Fantastic, yeah. so to put somebody I really like playing a character I don't care for just isn't isn't my jam. Yeah. I, I literally was damaged so hard by that Chris Evans Fantastic Four movie. Which I, I think- I hated I don't remember, it. I don't remember what that actor's name is, but I thought he did a great Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, it, I thought he, he was He does fine. do a great Mr. Fantastic, but that's the problem is I hate Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> Have you ever heard the uh, Norm MacDonald uh, bit about the Fantastic Four? No. I'll have to play it for you. It's hilarious because Norm MacDonald is Mr. Fantastic in the bit, and it's like the origin of the Fantastic Four. So they're sitting around a table, and he's coming up with the names for everybody. He's like, you're an orange rock-like thing, so we'll call you the thing. And you're a woman that turns invisible, so we'll call you the invisible woman. And you're like a 
a torch that's human. We'll call you the human torch. And I stretch really long and have a great brain. So we'll call me Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> the Fantastic Four. Garbage. And then the rest of them are like, wait, no, that doesn't that doesn't shake out. <laughs> no, no, it it's, doesn't. It's a it's a really <laughs> funny bet. I don't know what it what it was about that movie, but like I ju- it just made I me hate the Fantastic Four so much. I know what it was. Well, and I saw the Silver Surfer one too. You you can't make me believe Jessica Alba has a PhD in anything. Well, there's that too. Yeah, she's too hot for that. She's funny. She I'm not saying she's a bad person. <laughs> she might be. I don't know. I haven't checked her politics. Uh, but no, it's like she's. No. I remember watching The Rise of the Silver Surfer or whatever the fuck it was called. Yes. And just that's like it. watching it and going, the fuck is that? What is this thing? Yeah. I I don't even know where to begin. And the effects on the Silver Surfer were really good, but like. He looked cool. The, the But the movie the sucked. The movie was not. Was not and then great. like I never saw the, the reboot with the new children. So. No, I think I saw like 10 minutes of it once in the middle of the night when I was still doing overnights. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I couldn't even tell you what was happening. happening. Yeah, I, was <laughs> oh, like, I don't understand who this is for. <laughs> That's pretty wild. Now you're like, I, now I need to know who, what that guy's name I was. I really feel like I need to know what that guy's name was. <laughs> Fantastic Four, 2005. Oh yeah, Michael Chiklis. That's I always forget. He was no, Graham. yeah, is, Ian Grufford. Yeah, is the maker. He's been in some stuff, but he's also that is Mister Fantastic. That's really funny that they on if you Google it, they he he's listed as maker because maker is the name of an evil Reed Richards from a alternate reality. Yeah, click on that one. The Fantastic Four IMDb. Yeah. Instead, yeah, yeah, Reed Richards. Go. Yep, they probably just screwed up how they were. Right. Is Ben Gr- is is this Michael Michael Chilkris guy? Michael Chiklis. Is he the one that was in Breaking Bad as his brother-in-law? No. Oh, okay. different different bald guy. Different bald guy. Michael, this guy could have also played Wilson. Just... Michael Chiklis was the lead in the Shield TV series. I still have Detective Vic Mackey. Yeah, that show has not aged well, but man, was I into it <laughs> when it was on. He was he was the um he was a LAPD like mm-hmm. uh dirty cop. Yeah, he ran a specific group of a vice squad, and they were all dirty. But they also got the job done. Yeah, you told me before that you were like, it was really good, but now I don't feel like I should let you watch it. <laughs> no, like, you know, now, now that the, the, the pop- popular idiom with good cause is that all cops are bastards, like watching it is just really grisly now. It's like, feel that. No, there's not. Like when I was watching it, it was exciting to watch him get away with stuff, especially the seasons Forrest Whitaker showed up in mm-hmm. and was like this close to catching him. <laughs> And he'd still, but Walt. That's where I know Walton Goggins from. Gotcha. Who's been in a bunch of fun stuff? He was in those oh, Ant Man movies. Yeah, and, he was the villain in Ant Man. Yeah, he was in something else that I've seen. He was in Invincible. He's too. yeah, he's a voice in Invincible. Yeah, he was in something. He's that I was so watching good. Watching, and I was like, wait a minute, it's that guy. Yeah, from he's that thing. He's 
He's got that face. Yeah. You're like, oh, it's Walton Goggins. I mean, honestly, that happens to me so often, too. Like, IMDb is actually an app I have on my phone, and it's not because at one point I actually had used that for myself and my business. <laughs> I thought for a second you were going to say it's not because at one point I actually have an IMDb credit. You're going to, like... No, I do. Pump yourself up. Yeah. Like, I have it on my phone to remind myself I have an IMDb credit. Yeah, no, I was trying to justify that I didn't have it on my phone for that reason because I, I have had it on my phone since it existed because I am that person that sees someone in a movie or TV show and goes wait a minute I know who that is what did I see them in yeah no and that's constantly that's me too you've now put a small computer in my you know in my hand that I can immediately I can see a guy and be like all right what's his name and what why do I know him yep exactly kind of thing. which is why I don't remember anybody's name jeez so <laughs> So, yeah, last week, uh, Domino's had a uh, free pizza promotion that had a glitch in it that went totally uh, viral because, so what you would do is in October, they launched a new promo called Emergency Pizza. Mm -hmm. Folks who ordered a qualifying pizza from the company would receive a code that would be used for one free medium pizza at a later date. Yes. A backup emergency pizza, if you will. This is from the Kotaku article. Yeah. Uh, the promo went under the radar for most folks and was working fine until last week when somebody found out that the codes could be used over and over again by the same customer. Oh, no. So you ordered a thing and got your emergency pizza and then just ordered emergency pizza forever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How did you not find out about that? Because you I don't know. just gotten so much pizza. Yeah, I would have felt Domino's eater. I would have felt bad about it. Yeah. But there were definitely there were places that uh like just had to be like, hey, you have fifty eight pizzas and they're all are carry out and some are the same person. According to a guy so, on Reddit. So many like one guy, one had, guy had ten pizzas and another person had eight pizzas. Oh yeah. my god. But hey, one of the free bastards gave me a twenty dollar tip, so I guess it was worth it. My store ended up selling 170 medium oh pizzas God. in an hour and a half. Is it really selling them if you gave them all away? Not really. I a, mean, they at least had to have purchased one pizza before. One guy alone placed 24 orders over the next five or so days. What are you doing with that much pizza? Put them in the freezer? I don't, I don't know. That, I feel like that wouldn't work. Like, you can't keep that. Like, yikes. <laughs> The, the only justification I have for that is if you're getting tons of medium pizzas and going to find every homeless person that you've seen in the last, you know, 10 days. That would have been pretty cool. And I, I totally would have done that if I would have known. Yeah. I'm like, no, steal from the rich and give to the needy. Regular Robin right. Hood right up in here. <laughs> we'll, we'll see if we still have Domino's a year from now <laughs> after that. <laughs> but it reminds me of how... If Papa John's can survive, anything can. It reminds me of how I got my Switch. Yeah, that was what I was, was thinking when you were like, I yeah. guilty. I'm like, bullshit, you got to switch for how much again? (laughs) (laughs) I don't feel guilty when I uh, take the big ticket items from the (laughs) the corporations. It's taking 24 pizzas from eating pizza every night for a week and a half. You would never want to eat Domino's again after having that much Domino's. I would not. That's the thing is I would have gotten the first free pizza. And then like by the time I wanted the next free pizza, they would have shut it down already. Yeah, you'd have been pizza out if you would every day. Uh, the last news story I wanted to put in the headlines for you relates to what we're talking about this week, which is the Marvels. Um, the director, Neil DaCosta, recently told the IGN 
website that some of the inspirations for her movie uh, included Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, which was a 2005 CGI film. Um, and there's this really cool scene in it where uh, Cloud is like jetting into the sky to meet Sephiroth. Mm-hmm. And all of his friends at different points like kind of give him a heft up. Uh-huh. Like Tifa and Barrett and Red Thirteen, like every single other character from the from the game, like helps him get higher and higher into the sky so he can fight Sephiroth. Weird. And as she said that was one of the references when pitching the uh, the fight scenes, which makes sense now that we've seen it. Yeah. I, I now I I can I can remember that scene and then look at the movie and be like, oh yeah, that is like Evan Children. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, with me not knowing what that looks like, it, it does nothing for me. But yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, I can't. I can't corroborate. I feel like that's, that's one of those right. things. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do that over the uh, over the Thanksgiving break. We'll just sit here and watch all the movies that we've been meaning to watch. Oh God! But I, I I feel like like I would like to watch it again. I still have the Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. I would like to watch it again because I like to see how it aged. Yeah. But also having having watched me play the Final Fantasy VII. Uh, rebirth. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you'll probably get a kick out of it. You'll yeah. be like, oh, I know them. Who are those yeah. guys though? Who's that guy? Is he a vampire? <laughs> God. <laughs> All right. Well, that's gonna do it for our headlines. We're gonna come back in just a couple minutes. We're gonna give you our serotonin boost, which is normally how we end the show, but because this week we're talking uh, heavy spoilers for the end of Loki season two and uh, the Marvels. We're going to end the show with that instead. So stay tuned as a really big fan podcast returns. Welcome back to the really big fan podcast. As always, I like to encourage you to follow us on all your social media. Really big fan pod. And that includes Patreon where you can for five bucks a month, get ad free versions of these shows and our paywalled show known as the really big fan podcast double feature where me and Mr. Mike Pandoff going through some of our favorite movies and figuring out which ones we would rank into a list of the top 10 movies of all time. We've already done enough episodes to have, I think 14 or 16 movies in there. So we've already got some that have gotten knocked out. Uh, some of them are movies that we are really big fans of, but they not as good as other movies. Heat is currently and has been since we did it the number one movie. It's going to be really hard to to knock Heat out of the top spot. So if you'd like to sponsor a podcaster this Thanksgiving season, Please. go to our Patreon. Yes, <laughs> we would appreciate. It. In the arms of the angels. That's right. All right, as I said uh, in the first segment, normally we wrap things up with our serotonin boost, but this is a little bit different show, so we're going to uh, we're going to do that here in the second segment, and uh, I've got mine all ready to go. I don't know about you. Uh, I mean, I can come up with one. Okay. <laughs> uh, my serotonin boost is podcast related. There's a podcast we have talked about many a time on here called uh, 60 Songs that Explain the 90s, and last week's uh, episode was about Portishead. And their song "Glory Box," and it was kind of a uh, a, a skimming of the whole trip hop phenomenon of the the late '90s. Uh, the host uh, Rob Harvilla mentioned Massive Attack and um, God Lives Underwater. Got a mention in there, DJ Shadow, and it's really kind of made me fall back down the rabbit hole of all those cool trip hop albums that uh, actually King Mob Forty Three Thirteen in the chat uh, introduced me to. At that point in my life, but I've been, it's interesting because I've been listening to, 
either later albums, like albums that came out after that period, or like the the first like the first Massive Attack album is really not my favorite. My favorite is the second one and Mezzanine, which is the third one. Yeah, uh, Protection and Mezzanine. Uh, but Blue Lines was the first one, and I remember I have owned copies of Blue Lines and then gotten rid of them because it's not like one of my favorites. Like I can't remember very many songs off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting now listening to it, being so far removed in a timeline uh, from it. Like I appreciate it more now. Yeah. And it's wild to me how many times that's happened in the last like, I don't know, 10, 15 years where, you know, like um, I was really into Nirvana, but Bleach wasn't my record. Yeah. Like Bleach wasn't really my favorite record. I don't really do Bleach. But now that I'm removed from it and now that I've listened to in my lifetime, probably in utero and never mind, like a thousand times. Now when I pull Nirvana up, if I'm going to listen to a Nirvana album, it's Incesticide or Bleach. Because they're the ones I haven't heard a million times. Right. I know the songs, but I haven't heard them a billion times. So yeah, I know I don't frequent in near in utero and incesticide and any of that. Just yeah. never mind. Yeah, I, I mean, it, not even never mind necessarily. It's that black album. Oh, the, yeah, the greatest hits. Yeah, just the greatest hits album. That was the first one I got exposed to. Yeah, because we have this silly age gap. Um, <laughs> um, and so I got exposed to that first, and then somebody gave me the with the lights out box yes. set. So then I had all these random demos and stuff, which you've probably heard if I connect my phone to my car. Sometimes yeah. it'll connect to my iPod and not that. And that's where all of those are. <laughs> so then all of a sudden there will just be this random ass demo from Nirvana that pops up. But um, I, I definitely like I always gravitate toward that. And I, I think I told you the same thing with Green Day. Like, yes. I always go to international super hits just so I can hit the songs I like the most. Um, was Rotten it, Apple, Apples was another one I was exposed to first over everything else. The it came to albums for Smashing Pumpkins. The Smashing Pumpkins, yeah, the greatest yeah. hits record. Mm-hmm. I was just looking up, like, the, the Beatles had that uh, bunch of CD box sets that was called the Beatles Anthology mm-hmm. that was, like, a bunch of demos. I can't imagine being exposed to the Beatles through, like, Abbey Road and then that. Yeah. Which is essentially what you did mm-hmm. is, is, like, you, you know, or Sgt. Pepper's and then just, like... 40 odd demos yep. of stuff. Freaking it's weird. Wild. Right? Yeah, no, it, it was really bizarre. Um, Have there been any songs like from from With the Lights Out that you attached to as a demo and then heard the uh like the album version was like what is this? No, not really. <laughs> that more so happened with Pumpkin songs. Yeah. With some of the ones that they've put on Spotify that I've heard. Sure. Um like I don't. I don't even know if I can name anything off the top. Like I, Hello Kitty Cat isn't a demo, is it? Uh, it was a B side. It was a B side. Yeah. Uh, they have they have put like a demo version on one of the special. Because like I really like that song. But, it's, like, it's it's on not... Pisces Iscariot. Okay, got which it. is the B sides collection. A very good B sides collection. Yeah, that honestly. is a good B sides collection. Yeah, I know some of those more so, but like when it came to, I, I went down that sick rabbit hole that I go down because this will I guess this can segue into the thing I can talk about. Did I talk about Dark House last week or no? 
I don't remember. I can't remember what my serotonin boost was. Yeah, from week to week. We don't remember these things. You know, I think it was, so I I probably shouldn't again. But, like, Dark House is the thing about, like, the murder stuff. Yeah. It's all, like, these different houses or whatever. And because when you're in high school, you get these morbid curiosities about mysterious musician deaths and stuff like that. I, I distinctly remember being in, like, my Spanish class, and I had the with the lights out box set and getting in arguments with people about did Courtney Love kill him or not. Right. Like, that was still being debated in high school for me. And I'm like, this happened how long ago, but still being debated. So that's kind of where I think I I went down the rabbit hole of demos thinking like, oh, well, I can listen to all this and maybe I can figure it out because that's what you do when you're 15. Oh, for sure. Hand me that box there. This box here? Yes, this will be my serotonin boost. Uh, so, <laughs> boost. <laughs> so, for visual people, you can probably see this. I keep here, holding I'll it. Here, I'll put it in front of the camera Okay, got it, got it. So, this is the ooze booster. There you go. And it is a device that I got mailed from ooze. If you know who ooze is, it's ooze. Ooze. It rolls off the tongue. Ooze. <laughs> um, and this is a... Atomize or it's a extract vaporizer. So if you're into wax, that might be your jam, especially if you're trying to gravitate towards using more low temp. So brief little cannabis storytelling here. You're, so you're speaking Greek I'm, to I'm, me. I'm gonna speak Greek, but I'm gonna explain it in a way that hopefully people understand. So when you do dabs, you're usually using a torch and you're putting things into a banger, which is a glass bucket. You smoke the drugs? <laughs> Literally last week, Sorry. Uh, freaking Tony was like, you need a t-shirt that says, uh, just just so you guys know I took an edible or something <laughs> to that degree. That was funny. Um, so I wasn't really a wax person for a really long time, and it was partially because of the whole having to use a torch and all this extra glass and all that crap, you know? And so for me, like, I had tons of glass after a while because of the whole cannabis influencer thing that happened while I was in COVID times. And um, I didn't really feel comfortable doing a lot of it or I thought it was too potent or like I'm like I have to be doing this wrong you know right and like I even went to the people that I worked with that were working in a dispensary going like can you teach me how to dab <laughs> I don't understand <laughs> it you just do this that, not that type of dabbing oh sorry so long way of saying so ooze came out with this device it actually goes into a it goes into the bong hole TP for your bong hole okay Goes in like this. So you can actually use it off a glass piece, or you can use it out of your hand and actually smoke it by pressing the button or whatever, but it has three temp modes on it. So when you smoke lower temp dabs, that is actually going to be... Is that short for temperature? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, lower temperature dabs. Um, that is actually going to be the most medically beneficial. It's going to help with your your pain management and things like that, depending on what strains you're obviously getting. If you're smoking crap, then I can't really help you. Sure. Crap, not crack, crap. Had to justify that. <laughs> um, but this actually helps me from overheating a dab. So I use the lowest temp possible That's and cool. put the wax in there. And then that way I'm at least getting the, the terps and the medical benefits off of it. Um, other ways that people tend to smoke 
like like my best friend Jamie. She smokes hot dabs. She kills me every time she tries to light up these things, and I, I always send her memes of like people dying from dabs coughing. Cause okay. It's me. Because every time that I smoke something with her, I'm like, okay, I'm going to die. This is way too hot for me to smoke, and it just hurts my lungs. So I'm a little baby, which is why I have this. Um, but... I had gotten some uh, little extra atomizers, which are like the things that you screw in to put the wax on top of, and I broke my other one, so Ooze gave me another one. So oh, that's nice. Perks of being a person that they like. Is this, is this a paid <laughs> advertisement I was unaware of? No, not at oh, all. okay. Literally, like, well, I got paid for the first one year, like, like six months ago or so when I had my old one, um, but this is just me being like, I freaking love this thing and i know mm. there are some stoners that do watch us so sure. if you're into wax at all this you can actually dab either on the go or you can do it from your actual glass piece do so. you activate it by saying this edible ain't shit no that only works on edibles okay <laughs> but yeah that i would definitely look into that if you are trying to do or venture into wax and you're not really comfortable with using a dab torch and all the other crap so yeah that'll be my serotonin boost because i was really happy when this came this week those kids in the ninja turtles movies has destroyed the word who's i know and that Can't. they literally they posted something on threads the other day and i screen grabbed it from youtube so yeah. i could post it in their comments just ooze, ooze. It's ooze. <laughs> and the thing was i accidentally cut the clip before he says it yeah. but um superfly actually goes ooze yeah i like ooze <laughs> and i was just like oh man i need to actually do a video with that audio with yeah, this thing right. um for that purpose but yeah that's if you guys fun. are into that it's it's actually really awesome and it might be a good gift for your stoner buddies there you go the holiday season rolling around exactly well i'd like to say congratulations on the serotonin congratulations on the serotonin and we will be right back as we dig deep into the spoiler country with the Marvels and Loki next on the Really Big Fan Podcast. We're back with the Really Big Fan Podcast and our big spoilerific episode talking about the new uh, newest releases in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Loki Season 2 and the Marvels. Now this uh, will be a very, as I said, spoiler-laden uh, conversation. So if you haven't seen these things, you're probably going to want to tune out. Get out! Uh, and we'll, we'll, you know, you, you can hear our voices uh, next week. But uh, if you don't mind spoilers, or if you have seen these things, then we hope that you enjoy the conversation. And we're going to, uh, as you were saying, we'll start with Loki, and then we'll get into the Marvels, and then we'll get into uh, the, the post-credit scenes at the end of the Marvels. Because yeah. I would hate to ruin those specifically for anyone who hadn't seen them yet truth all right so loki season two uh i thought it was great yeah i feel like and i said this before to you but i feel like out of all of the marvel tv shows i feel like this is the strongest one that they've put out in recent memory i i, I feel like it beats uh, She-Hulk. I feel like it beats Miss Marvel. I feel like it beats all of the the second wave of these. Yeah. Um. And I, I personally like I, from from if a you political had to, standpoint, that's where I say. If I say it from personal standpoint, I I put Loki above everything else. But um, 
I know that there is also like WandaVision's right behind it. I was going to say, if you had to say, what are what are the All top what are the top three Marvel shows since Disney Plus's inception uh, that they've put on there? Loki, WandaVision, and personally for me, I really was obsessed with Moon Knight. So those yeah. would be my three. Yeah. See, for me, Hawkeye's got to be in there. Hawkeye is my fourth. Yeah. Like Hawkeye is like right there. But when it comes to like my rabid obsession yeah. feelings, every week I wanted to know what was going on with WandaVision. Loki. Right. And, and that's Loki. Loki has that energy. Yeah. Like every week I was like, what about this? Well, and let me what say about too this? that I've never seen you sit through like four very short episodes of Groot so you could see it right when it dropped. Right. That doesn't happen with you. That's usually a psycho me problem. No, where but like, no, I want to know what's going on. Yeah, like four epi- Was it four episodes in where they like end the world? Yeah, or the whole you know they end the whole universe. In? Yeah, like, yeah. When the fifth episode was coming, I was like, well, I gotta know. Like, it was what to the, the world point, happened. Yeah, it was to the point too that um, they wiped the Instagram clean of it. Yeah, we talked and about it on the podcast. Ju- yeah, and they just had like the Miss Minutes going, uh-uh-uh, right. access denied. And they did not give the press any episodes beyond yep. that episode. So nobody knew what was coming. There was no way that they were going to really have any leaks necessarily, at least from press or whatever. Right. But that, I think, also gave everybody the opportunity of like, oh my God, let me theorize. Let me, I wonder where this is going to go. No one knows where it's going to go. Right. So the last two episodes, it's like we we see Loki trying to fix things and he's going through all different things. He asks Obi, like, if I had to learn everything there is to know about this, how would I do that? How long would it take? And then he just does that. Yeah. He comes back like a pro at engineering and just, physics and all this other stuff. I had shit. said earlier in the season that it remind like it makes sense that Disney Plus will be the home of Doctor Who going forward. Mm-hmm. And uh that's what this show felt like. It felt like Oh yeah, definitely. There's uh, a lot of that time. Tom Hiddleston is Doctor Who in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> time travel. Yeah. <laughs> As I every time somebody says time travel, I just think of Smart Hulk yelling that. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's where that came from. Um, But I look at all of that, and we're at this weird intersection now where I I think a lot of people, as soon as it ended, they were like, "No, that's where you end it. Two seasons done. You leave Loki where it does. It does feel like a very permanent ending. Yeah, they very much." cleared it up and put everything in a nice little neat box and it fluidly could stop right there and everybody would be fine. And this is one of those things where you know this is my problem, where you could end things very perfectly on a perfect note and then they take it one step too far and I fucking hate it. Yeah. Don't Hannibal this, please. <laughs> you get the way it fucking is. I thought I need season three. I thought I'd seen something where Tom Hiddleston was like, "No, I'm done." Yeah, and and like you know, for him, he's been Loki for how long? Yeah, for like a decade or more. You at know, this point, he's he's from the first movie all the way through. Yeah, and so I I feel like they could do. Uh, more things where he shows up, but I don't think that you should go forward with it yeah from that point that's the thing is like i could i would like to see a season three i just don't want to see him in it 
Like, it would be weird to have a Loki season three without Loki in it, but I want more of the TVA. Well, and that's the thing is I feel like they could make a TVA spinoff or they could have it interconnect with other things, especially since we don't know where it's going to go from this point. Because we were having this discussion and it was off of a side discussion that you were having with your boss at the comic book store. Right. Where could they pivot all of this stuff with the TVA and multiverse and time to Loki instead of Kang and get rid of Jonathan Majors. Right, because that's the that's the big rumor right now is that Marvel is trying to figure out how to pivot from Kang because Jonathan Majors is in a bunch of legal trouble. Right. And they're like, okay, well, I guess we're going to have to stop working with this guy. So they do have Jonathan Majors in the episodes, obviously. If you've yeah. watched it, you know. He shows up as Victor Timely and he shows up as Kang. Yep. Um, But the way that they ended this with having Loki ascend that time throne, essentially, and he is now the man at the end of time. Yeah. He could very well be the thing that is stopping everybody else. He could be... He could pop up into more things. He could, absolutely. He also had the conversation of and that's pivoting the, to the high evolutionary from the end from Guardians Three. That's what I do. He's such a good villain. Yeah, he's and such it, a good villain. He was so he was so good in that. He was like we were talking about that on the way to see the Marvels about right. how like a lot of even Thanos is kind of gray area and a yeah, lot of a, a lot, lot of, of the Marvel are. villains are very gray area. The high evolutionary, there's no gray area to yeah, he's no. just, he's just straight up evil evil bastard, man. There's and that was the thing that we were t- we were talking about on the way there that I kept going we just need a straight up evil ass villain like yeah. we don't and I don't want them to ruin Loki like even I don't want them to send Loki with all of his character development and everything because at the end of the series he basically decides and this is at least how I interpreted it it's not everybody's interpretation I'm sure but I took it as he couldn't live with Mobius dying with having to kill Sylvie and when Sylvie tells him like you know having no free will is no life at all to have right they like she basically makes the case for autonomy which is something that I can understand as a woman in America Mm. um (laughs) when it comes to bodily autonomy but I look at that and go he knows that and he goes back to Mobius and has the conversation that he has with him in the first episode but the conversation changes and he basically realizes like no matter what Loki's are designed to fail every single time. So if he takes that loss and that is the right way that time is supposed to flow and that is what his destiny is, that at the same time his friends get to live, right. his love gets to have what she wants and that is good with him. He can be by himself at the end of time and sit there and watch over things and make sure that his friends are still alive. Because up until this point, we don't see Loki really love anybody else other than Thor. Yeah. Even in his own weird fucked up way. Right. Because he never really opens up to Thor. The closest you ever see them is in Ragnarok where they're doing get help. Right. Oh, like, there you know, are, there, are there are some moments. scenes in Dark World where yeah. they're, you know, where you can see where they're actually brothers. Exactly. Just like a hero and a villain. Now, was it part of the post that you sent me or was it something else that I saw where it was that, oh, no, it was the thing that you sent me. 
somebody theorized that when Odin's telling them that they're both made for the throne, yeah. that Odin already knows that this is Loki's That family. Loki is the guy at the end of time. Yeah. Yes. Because, yeah, when the, when the, they when they zoom out, when he is at the end of time basically replacing the loom and mm-hmm. making sure that all the threads, the different timelines, uh, you know, are, are, are woven together, um, it's the world tree. It's, mm-hmm. I think it's Yagadrazel or whatever yeah, it's yeah. called or whatever, but it's the world tree. And, and that's something that Odin has knowledge of. Yes. It's, so he could have very well even learned that knowledge and went and plucked Loki from the evil people in Specific order to from try the, from to, the ice giants yeah. specifically to mold him into what he has to become in exactly. order to be uh, the guy in the middle of the which it could be a very cool way of weaving it back in. I the only thing that I hope for is that if they they do continue on with anything with Tom Hiddleston, that at some point Loki will see what he's be or uh, Thor will see what Loki has become, and that's what I reconnect. That's what I hope for is that we get like at least one more scene somewhere down the line for the with the two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the the theory that somebody had come up with that you had sent over had something about Thor protecting Loki. Yeah, something about because Odin had, um, you know, learned how to use the runes. So he had knowledge of the world tree and, and Ragnarok and all that stuff um, and, and knew what he had to do in order to set up both of his sons to be ready for it. Right. Kind of thing. And that eventually Thor would probably at some age want to also learn all of the things that Odin had learned and would learn that, oh, my brother is actually the guy at the center of the world tree kind of thing. Yeah. And it's a very big character development. And I feel like they they did Loki right. Loki as the character, not the, the seasons, but in general, the way that they have always kind of fine-tuned him over time. Mm-hmm. Each movie that he's been in, he's had more character growth. Yeah. I can't say that about everybody. And yeah. for him, it's like they really made sure that like he had just an inch of character growth, even just a tiny bit every right. time to where he could get to this point. And Loki is one of my favorite characters. I will say that. So like that, does, that should not shock you once again, because no, I am always into anti-heroes. The thing that's wild, guys. the thing that's wild to me about the whole Loki show is that it is based on a character that up until... Maybe like 15 up until they decided to put him in the movies mm-hmm. um, was just he was kind of a one note villain in the comics. Like he wasn't this deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once they were like, OK, he's going to be the guy. He's going to be the threat at the end of the first Avengers movie. Um, and then we're going to cast Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Like it became this thing in the comics where it's like, well, we're, we really need to we really need to dig deep on like how can we make him likable credible uh kind of character that we can you can bank on for years to come i mean i liked him in the first avengers movie to be honest he's great in the first avengers movie too and he is pretty much the you know uh, he's not despicably evil no. but yeah i mean you know he he uh he's a misguided he does some brother ter- he does terrible things yeah. absolutely terrible things in that movie um but it but makes sense. The whole show is based on a bunch of characters that would not normally, you know, that don't really have anything. The whole time variance authority, 
I didn't think was actually a thing in the comics when I saw it because I'd never read anything with them in it. Right. And then started looking things up and I was like, oh no, that's from this like weird ass, like really kind of, yeah. It's 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 this like comic book that no one has ever read kind of thing. <laughs> well, they probably go through their entire archives to pull ideas and then what can we branch off? Right. And that's the thing. When you have a archive as deep as the Marvel Universe, it goes through the DC Universe too. When you have an archive that deep and you pull out peacemaker (laughs) the reason you do that is the same reason when i used to be a musician um in a band that i would pick if we were going to cover a song like yeah we can cover the song everybody knows but if we cover the deep cut on the album the people who know the band will be so stoked to hear that song Mm -hmm. and the people who have no idea that song belongs to that band will think it's ours yeah and it's a good fucking song (laughs) so like that's not a bad thing for people to think. Right. No, and I can see that with some of these other characters, too, because, like, as they're branching out into some of the younger characters, they're branching out into some of these deep-cut characters. I mean, there's so many people that were so objective to She-Hulk when it kept saying, well, she just does what Deadpool does. Yeah, and she also did it first, so fuck yeah. you and shut up. She did it in the <laughs> 80s before Deadpool was a glimmer in Rob Liefeld's eye. Oh, he created Deadpool? He, he co-created Deadpool. Oh. If you ask him, he created Deadpool out of whole cloth, but he co-created Deadpool with a But a he's writer. got feet. Yeah, well, <laughs> not, you know, Ryan Reynolds is not drawn by uh No, no, no. I just meant, I meant the actual drawn character. Right. He's probably got feet. Right. Who drew his feet? Well, in the original <laughs> comics, Rob Liefeld did, but not very well. Oh, man. But yeah, it's very interesting to me how they pulled that whole entire thing together. And like as we were talking about how it kind of closed the door on the whole thing. I mean, you see Renslayer meet her fate. Yeah. She's wherever everybody gets pruned. I feel a little bit bad for her. I don't. She's an asshole. Like when you find out <laughs> midway through the season that like she was supposed to be there at the end of time with Kang and he turned even on her. Yeah. I was like, man, what a dick. Well, you it makes sense why she did what she did. But at the same time, it's like, nah, you were a dick. Screw you. Right. Especially since like you you come back to that point where they they show Mobius and Loki talking at that first conversation and he brings up Renslayer. Yeah. And that he, being his he partner. Talks, yeah, he talks about his partner that didn't hesitate to, yes. you know, to prune a variant. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but he did and it caused a whole bunch of, a whole big mess. Yes, exactly. Like she she had the... Mobius has the humanity. She does. She has the, the, the cop making a tough choice. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just kind of like, I, I don't feel bad for her. I feel like between that and basically screwing over the entire TVA to get what she wanted. Yeah. Which ended up turning into Miss Minutes dragging her into this wild goose chase, and they're the reason that Victor Timely became who he is. Right. Like, that's on you guys. Do you think Victor Timely becomes Kang? Or do you think he's just a variant? I think he's a variant, but she brings him that TVA book. Yeah. And so he creates the loom. Right. So it, it's hard to know, like, that's a chicken or the egg situation because you don't know which time comes from there. But if they never, they show that clip again at the end where he's sitting there and he, he's like, he hears a noise. He turns and looks at the window and nothing and is the, there. Yeah, the book isn't there the anymore. The book is not there. So that means that Victor Timely doesn't become what he is. Right. Well, and that's why I'm saying, like, sense that they okay, the so 
if you've seen the 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 scene at the end of Quantum Mania, there's like a whole a million variants of Kang. Yes. So my question is, is the Kang we meet in Quantum Mania also he who remains at the end of time? And are both of those or either of those also also Victor Timely, or are all three of them completely different variants? I think they're completely different variants. Um, I don't think the He Who Remains Us at the End of Time in the Loki series is anything to do with that other guy that's in Quantumania. Okay. I think that guy is who He Who Remains is saying he's protecting you from. Right. Because he says, I am here. Right. Because you don't want to deal with my variants. Right. And that's why that scene in Quantumania happens where exactly. you see they're all like in it. They're all screaming and some of them are absolutely insane. And yes. some of them are just, you know, like wildly evil. Exactly. And so in many universes, and this is kind of one of those things where we've kind of seen this before in some nature. If you go from across the Spider-Verse, wild ride here, but when... Uh, Miles goes back to the wrong universe. He sees who he was supposed to become. Right. Which was basically Baby Prowler. Yeah. He wasn't supposed to get bit by the spider. That one little change causes him to become the Spider-Man in his universe. Right. But that's kind of like the book in its own weird way. The book doesn't come through the window, so that never happens. If Miles never got bit by that spider... He wouldn't have become Spider-Man. Right. And that's like the big secret throughout all that. So to me, I don't think it's necessary. Like you have all of these uh, people that are supposed to be Kang variants, right? I don't think one can necessarily taint the other or cause the whatever. I just don't know who the one true Kang is. Yeah. And that's the part that is still questionable to me at this point is you have a room with all of these Kangs. Who is, like, as Loki is the Loki that we know, right. who is the Kang? Yeah. And who is just the variants? And I feel like that also kind of boils down to, and I'm, like, unraveling this a little bit more as I'm thinking, but I don't know if you can necessarily pin one being the one true Loki or the one true Kang or whatever, because you have all these variants. We as humans have selfish natures. So you want to believe you're the right. You want, especially when it comes to like cloning, you want to believe that like you're the original. Yeah. It's like those two guys. It's like those two guys in Invincible. Like, no, you're the clone. No, you're the clone. Like, that's what it is. And they keep telling Loki himself he's a variant. Right. The entire time. So we're just all variants in that sense. So I don't know if there's one true king, but there's probably a really bad one. And that's going to be the one that you really have to reckon with. But I don't know if it was He Who Remains. Because He I, Who Remains was really kind of chill. Well, yeah, I get the impression that while well, he, he Who Remains at the end of the guy, the Kang at the end of time, um, is not a good dude. Yes. He definitely at the end of season one, and you see that conversation kind of play out again at the end of season two. Uh, he's definitely the devil you can deal with. Exactly. Whereas, you know, once again, going back to that scene at the end of Quantum Mania, like some of those Kangs, like a time door opens and they're just going, ah! ah! <laughs> yep, exactly. Like, you can't deal with that guy. Yeah. He's exactly. mad. 
So that's it. And that's, I don't know, that's a principle that I run in in my daily life. I'm like, do I deal with the devil I know or do I go with this unknown bear? Right. So in that sense, I feel like that's why that conversation happens between him and Loki when he like shuts down Sylvie for a second and has that conversation with him is like, do you really want to do this? I, you're going to open the door for all that other dumb shit. On one hand, like I said when we got done watching it, that I fucking hate Kang. Um, <laughs> and and it's like, well, you don't like Kang because he's just this random dude. I don't like Kang because the story can run circles around you, and if it's told by somebody who's not a good storyteller, then it ends up really not making any sense. That being said, I love. The Loki show specifically for this reason, because it leads to conversations like this, which I haven't had since probably the TV show Lost. Right. Like that was the last time a TV show was like you'd watch an hour of Lost and then you'd have an hour conversation about what does this mean? Why is there a polar bear? What are the numbers? Oh, which is why I love this. And that's why Loki was so and that's why WandaVision was really fun, too, Mm -hmm. was because it led to these conversations throughout the, the weeks it was airing of like. Well, is it real? Like, yeah. which reality is does count? Which is you know? And then midway through the show, you find out, oh, it's Wanda's goofing with reality because she's having a nervous breakdown. Right. It also is interesting to me that some of the most captivating ones of being like Loki and WandaVision, and and, and Moon Knight kind of ran like that too, where we were trying well, to figure out like, okay, which one is there's like three personalities here. Which yeah, one is which the one is in charge? Right. It, But what I was going to say when I was leading toward that was that you have um, Loki, WandaVision, and I'm going to throw out a wild one here of uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier bringing back the Easter egg images after every show. Yeah. Those things cause conversations. I feel like the least with uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I ended up finding out. Uh, side note to this, I this was news to me. They changed a lot of that. Yeah, show. it was initially a airborne virus. Yeah, well. So when COVID happened, and then we had a, a real nope. airborne virus, and they're like, "Well, that's a little too real." So that's why it feels sort of disjointed. Yeah, because they had to change the whole. Well, thing. and that was the the guy that I was talking to at the comic store. The boss, my boss, it was was like, you know, do you think? Do you think they changed the end of Loki because of the Jonathan Major stuff? Right. And maybe. They could have. But, but if they did, I think they made it better. They did a way better job than anybody would have. Like, if they did do a bait and switch on that, like, that was top tier. Like, yeah. That that reeks to me that, like, you actually had Kevin Feige sitting in the fucking room. I don't know. He's like... I, I would I wouldn't discount the people that worked on Loki. Oh no, for, not at all. For you know, just but I'm being saying like that's that the good. level of threat that you're at with right. Jonathan Majors at this point is that like all hands on debt. You've got Victoria Alfonso in the room. You've got all these fucking people in the room to have this conversation. Which, which honestly, like I don't want to discount the legal issues he's going through. Mm. But if you look at how he has acted this character, mm-hmm. goddamn, he's done a really good job. Kang is another character. When I started collecting comics, man, you could not pay me to read Avengers. Yeah. It was like, it was ridiculous. And it was the kind of thing where like, when the Justice League is not Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman, Green Lantern, Flash, Mm. uh, when those guys aren't on the team, 
when yeah, it's like yeah. 40 other people that like aren't that level of, of you know, of recognizable. I'm like, what do, why do we even have this book? The book is here to put the big toys all in the same room. That's and the when, funny part, too, is I think that that's part of my problem with X-Men. And when the Avengers is not Iron Man, Cap, um, and Thor, mm-hmm. at the very least, those three have to be a part of the team. And everybody else is superfluous at that point. Yeah. Um, but, like, what are we even doing here? Why do we have... <laughs> but that's my headspace with X-Men to a degree, too. Because it's like, if it's not Wolverine, Storm, Cyclops, do I fucking care? Yeah, no. I Charles Xavier that. not there. Fuck this. Right. Like I want the characters I know. But part of we the were reason- having that conversation though too when they were talking about okay, well, well now we have these alternate realities or whatever, and you're you can start to you know recast some of these characters. Oh sure. Or Cap. I am going to have a meltdown whenever they recast an Iron Man. Yeah. I'm going to fall apart because that is Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark in my brain. Look, look. So when they cast Patrick Stewart as Professor Xavier, it was like, well, he's Professor X forever. He's, I, he's well, it seems like he really is going to be Professor. But then they gave me X Men First Class, and I was like, okay. I mean, yeah. they did a great job with it and stuff like that. But that's what I'm saying, though, is like I don't look at. I guess I don't have as much of an attachment to, uh, you know, Professor X like you do. Yeah. But Iron Man is my favorite. Right. Which there's so much. Captain America shit all over our house. <laughs> not by my choice. I did not do this. People keep giving me Captain America things. because we love Chris Evans. Yeah, I mean, Chris Evans is great. And he's got America's ass. He does. Um, but at the same time, like, I literally, Iron Man is my favorite. <laughs> and it's going to blow my mind whenever they do something. And I'm going to really be, like, a pain in the dick about it yeah. for a little bit of time. But... All in all, as we taper off the Loki conversation, because we're already at an hour and 30 minutes and we still have to get through Marvels, I look at all of this and I really think that it was done phenomenally. It's definitely my favorite and I feel like from a critical mindset, it definitely is either the best one or the top three. If it's not the best one, it's because WandaVision is the best one? Yes. But... I think it's the best. I think it's probably the best show on Disney Plus yeah. that they've done so far for the Marvels. I agree. And and like that's I guess that's not counting what if. Cuz what if's got some really strong episodes. I mean, what too. if has got some strong episodes, but I don't feel I feel like what if falls into the category of like American Horror Story. Like it's an anthology, it's not yeah. a Did you see there were there were two announcements, there were two trailers dropped today. One I was for the second season shot. of the second season of What If is coming yeah. December 22nd mm-hmm. and every, and it's going to be an episode every uh, every day that week, oh, like they're just fun. dropping, just they're dropping the whole season within a week ah, because they're like, oh, you're all off for Christmas break, so here's a new what if every day. Right. The thumbnail that I saw it looked like they had a Doctor Strange wearing a Santa hat, so yeah. that'll be funny. Right. Whatever that is, and then I uh, can't imagine Stephen being happy wearing a Santa hat. Sony announced <laughs> Sony dropped the trailer for Madam Web, mm-hmm. which is yet another Spider-Man side character that they're doing their own movie for because yep. Sony's just trying to really they don't want to give Spider-Man back. No, they don't. They, they, like if we can if we can be real bitches about this, then yes. eventually Marvel will give us such a paycheck just to take Spider-Man back. Yep, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's gonna have like a bunch of like one of the other Spider Women is in it, and uh, Emma Roberts is supposed to be in it, which yeah. I don't know who she's playing, but like I don't know. Yeah, 
Surprise, bitch. Yeah, it it could be it could be a real it could be a real fun movie. Yeah, real kind of like a Birds of Prey. Style, yeah, like girl power fun movie, which don't tend to work very well. Unfortunately, not. But <laughs> so we'll segue to the Marvel. Speaking of girl power <laughs> fun movies that tend to you know not work for the general audience, the Marvels was fucking awesome. Yeah. So. The little little backstory here for those that don't know, the Marvels was the worst opening weekend of a Marvel movie of all time, mm-hmm. which is pretty depressing. Um, and I feel like that tracks with the way that the trailers have been dropping. Every time that they drop anything revol- uh, involving uh, Captain Marvel. They're downvoted. It's the worst trailer that's ever been put out. Right. It makes headlines for being so unbelievably hated upon. So, and that's the problem is that re- it's not. It's not that the thing is bad. It's that it's hated. It's hated by stupid fuckboy men that are childs, and half of them live in their mother's basement, and they can all go cry. Hey, as someone who lived in his mother's basement for quite a few years, I had to overlook that when I started dating. <laughs> You saw that basement. It was a nice fucking it was a basement. Nice basement. I would have lived there the rest of my life I, if I could. I, I definitely went like, "Am I really gonna date a guy in his mom's basement?" Ah, but I really like this guy. I, I like this guy. I won you over. You won me over all the way from my mom's basement. Yes. <laughs> but for the rest of you with your jergens and your lotion, fuck you. That's how I feel. Never understood the lotion part. Yeah, it's just trying to make it more slippery. I yeah, but like eh. honestly, the tissues would be the more upsetting part. Yeah, well, it's just mop up after it's I done. I know, but then it gets all crusty, and half the guys. Yeah, that's why you throw them away. Side. Yeah, well, not everybody gets that memo. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> not about masturbation. The Marvels is a really good movie, but I will attest to the one glaring thing and I told you this like up front like my glaring thing is this I don't give two fucks about this villain yeah not about the villain at all in my mindset it literally is about these three women going through their own growing pains trauma things like that and finding solace in each other so that's what I see from it i had to look it up because it, it was it, it was the same thing when the first captain marvel came out i had to look up who these other characters were mm-hmm. like minerva and i can't remember what uh the 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 her her lead villain i can't remember it was jude law what oh, his yeah. name was he was just a cree guy right but they all were once again going back to the time variance story they all were from the comics mm-hmm. those guys existed um the the actress I believe her name is pronounced Zawe Ashton yeah uh, plays Darben yes. which is the main villain of this movie uh, she is one of the accusers like Ronan was which means she's got a cool hammer mm-hmm. um, and um, looks like it was powered by the Power Stone too it's purple it is purple the the energy signature is purple yeah. and it's like I think they're just purple I don't know that the Power Stone is even involved with them but it could be. I would assume if they intended to make it purple that it's probably charged somehow by yeah. the same energy. Right. Because I know that Loki's staff did have a like a stone in it. Yeah. But there are a lot of like signatures that go with those colors. Right. Um but I while while I will agree that like as she she is kind of second tier as the villains go, uh I thought I thought she had a cool a cool character arc. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was cool to see her, like the actress played her very well. Yeah. She, was, she felt like a credible threat throughout the whole movie. Yeah. But the movie is like, I think the focus of the movie, like you said, is not on the conflict between her and Captain Marvel. It's yeah. more on... You know, the th- or Captain Marvel and Monica Rambeau and Kamala Khan. Well, you don't even really find out what her d- damage is with Carol until the very end. Right. And I feel like saying that she has a character arc is giving her too much credit because she turns on her. So, like, initially she tries to reason with her. Yeah. And she's got something stabbing into her abdomen and she acts like she's going along with it, and then she tries to take out Kamala in the last yeah. second. So that's not really necessarily character arc. Oh, I'm not saying. Well, when I say character arc, I'm not saying that she's like going from hero uh, from villain to hero. Right. I'm saying that like I can understand her motivations. Yeah. And um, and it I can understand sense. I can understand her um. Can't think of the right word for it. Her drive. Yeah. Like, and she's trying to fix her world. Her world got fucked up, unfortunately, as a result of something that Captain Marvel does. And I thought it was cool that that basically happens off off panel. Yes. Essentially, or off camera. Like, at the end of Captain Marvel, she sends Jude Law back to the Great Intelligence, the Kree Intelligence, saying, I'm going to come fuck you up. Yep. And then she does that between movies. Yes. And, and then calling her the Annihilator. Yeah, because of that act. Because yeah, when she when she uh, when she got rid of the great intelligence, which is an, the AI that runs the Kree, uh, you know, society, mm-hmm. uh, they just go to war with each other yep. and f- completely just decimate their own planet. I feel like there will be some people, and if I offend one of our listeners, sorry, but there will be some people that will get irritated about the whole mask thing. Because one of the problems with the planet with their that planet is on, that the air is not breathable. They can't breathe the air. They don't have any water, and they don't have sun. So Darben's whole thing is, I'm gonna go and steal these things from places that have them, and these are places that Captain Marvel loves. Yeah, and that's her whole shtick, right? I feel like having the inclusion of showing the masks is gonna piss off some right wing fuckboys. And they're going to have a problem with it as well if <sighs> they'd they have saw to, it. Yeah, they'd have to actually watch the movie they'd have to get to angry about it. Watch the movie to get angry about it or hear about it from right. somebody else. I thought I thought when she goes to the planet with the water mm-hmm. and it's a whole society that speaks in song, <laughs> I was like, there's going to be a lot of people that think this is the dumbest shit ever. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I thought it was hilarious. Personally. I thought it was really, I thought it was funny, not only that it's a society that speaks in song, but it felt very much like a bollywood thing Mm -hmm. and to have kamala there while it's going on she's doing the hand thing is so funny Mm. (laughs) so and it lends like credence to the idea that like she got the bangle from her grandmother Mm -hmm. her grandmother is of of um indian descent or whatever like that it lends credence to the idea that that society could have been formed by this society yes to a degree yeah and on top of it it gives the opportunity to make um how do i say her name tanoya paris yeah um who plays monica rambo and um brie larson as carol danvers to have to put up with absolute buffoonery and silliness because the entire time up to this point 
Like Monica's not silly. No. She's not she she tries to maintain that she's just like I'm Captain Rambo. Blah, blah, blah. And then you have uh Carol Danvers who is trying to find her humanity somehow. She's but much sillier in this one. She is much and sillier it's, in it's this It's a one. lot of fun. It's definitely fun. But that moment is the first time because they get to the planet and then Carol says to them, okay, don't tell anybody about this. Yeah. And Monica realizes it's because that she's married to Prince Jan. It's supposed to be like a diplomatic thing. But she's married to the prince. But he's also hot. I actually had to look him up because I thought maybe he was in BTS. Yeah. The the K-pop band. Right. He's not. He's just an actor, but he's a very beautiful man. Um, But basically, Monica's like, oh, so you don't want anybody knowing you're a pretty, pretty princess? Yeah, exactly. And like, so she keeps calling her princess in yeah. little jabs later on because of that. Because Carol Danvers apparently married... Uh, Prince Jan in order to like you know take care of his colony somehow or something yeah. like that and he can speak in normal talk and she goes yes he's bilingual and then starts talking to him in normal talk which is hilarious to me and which I know. figured had to be like if, if they have any kind of relationship then he must have figured out how to speak another language that doesn't involve singing yes exactly and at first they're singing in front of everybody and she's in this dress and it's ridiculous and you could tell she's feeling it's ridiculous but this is part of the custom and she's got to go along see I felt it. like she went she fell right into she it she fell right into it but like you know, she's doing it because it's the custom. I did not I, that she likes it. Like I did, it. I did not read anywhere on her face where she was not enjoying that. Just really into this. Like, <laughs> she doesn't want her friends to know she's got a, a sweet alien prince that she's really into and has to sing to in order yeah, to talk to. Exactly. In a whole society like that, but I, I saw nothing on Brie Larson's face saying, "Oh yeah, that Carol." does not dig this shit. And then you'll see moments where like they turn to them and the prince starts talking to Monica and Kamala and they're both like trying to look like they're into this. Yeah. I feel like Kamala's just into it. But like you oh, yeah. can tell Monica's just like mm, she's trying to look like she's yep. dancing, you know. And it's really it's a funny thing to see them, but like one of the things that I, I think Marvel's been doing lately and has been doing very well is that there are a lot of their stories are talking about trauma, whether it be family trauma or just trauma in general, and people healing from it. Because of everything that happened between Infinity War and Endgame, you need to have some of that, mm-hmm. or else it's not really realistic. If we just keep trucking on, like, I feel like that's part of the thing that happens in comics, is that like you're going from story to story, you may not be necessarily thinking about mental health or any of that other shit in the in-betweens. No, because it's this kind of thing where, like, comics, in superhero comics especially, but comics inherently are a medium for a younger reader that maybe doesn't a think about those things or be care to think about those things. Right. But I so think it's more like, I want to see, I want to see people punch each other yeah. and use cool superpowers and wear cool costumes. But some of these movies as of late, or even some of the TV shows, if you want to lump in Loki or you want to lump in Sebastian Stan's winter soldier. Oh, you like even look at of that. Is, you even look at like the spider verse stuff and WandaVision, like all of these things tackle certain things of trauma, whether it's death of a loved one or death of somebody 
um, that you know or death of you and coming back in Monica's case right. with her being part of the blip and then realizing her mom is gone. All of these things really tie into that and I feel like this movie especially hinges on that with the scene of them wearing the um the torture devices. Yeah. So there are these little headbands. They're from the and, first movie. They're from the first movie and they go onto the head and they're technically supposed to be torture devices, but Carol uses it to try to remember yeah. the things that she lost. So all three of them put them on and the trauma that Carol caused Monica by not coming back starts bleeding into all of their collective consciousness that they're sharing. Right. And so they all visually see what happened and understand it. And that creates a bond with all of them immediately to the point of like Monica's like, I don't want to do this anymore, rips the headset off and everything. And then Kamala just runs to her and hugs her. Just gives her a hug. And then is gesturing at Carol like, come on, give her, give your friend a hug. Yeah. And so there's a lot of ways that Kamala really kind of fixes that relationship in her own weird way. It's a really cool team dynamic they have because like Carol is the power, Monica is the brains and Kamala is the heart. Yes, exactly. And it's really the way they interact. These three characters that pretty much know who each other is like the other two don't really know who kamala is but kamala absolutely knows who captain marvel is <laughs> yeah and carol knows who monica is kind yes. of thing like they all come together in this weird found family very quickly and i i personally i didn't think it felt like forced at all i know it definitely I thought it, wasn't it felt, one of those it felt earned auto- automatically and maybe it might be because i love uh iman yeah Villani yeah as miss marvel i think she was born to be that character and absolutely she, will, she should be that character until in until in the same way that she doesn't want to yeah in the same way that peter cullen is optimus prime and when peter cullen passes away then okay retire optimus prime yeah like we don't know she's totally perfect for the role and i feel like she really does shine the most in this movie and it gives her the opportunity to especially in front of people who didn't watch Miss Marvel. That's my favorite part. That's my favorite part of this movie is all the people that were in Marvel, the Disney Plus shows that get to be on a big screen in a movie and do stuff like her Her whole family. family. Her whole family is great (laughs) in this movie. Yes. Uh, Amir, Yusuf, and what is her mom's name? Muniba. Uh, all of them are amazing. They they stick to the same characters that they are in the TV show. Yep. And they're all there for comedic purposes, but they're also very much important to the overall story. To the point of like when they need to be comedic, like sticking them in a pod with Nick Fury and Nick Fury just being like, Help me. Yeah. Help me. Oh Fantastic. my god. But also you see with their in their interactions with Kamali, you see where she gets who she is from yes and that's really she hates it because she's still a teenager and she is embarrassed by them but they are why she is who she is Mm -hmm. and at the end of everything they they see kamala come off the ship and she's the only one that comes off and nick fury can tell the look on her face immediately yeah and this is this is the heavy spoilers where we start to get into this is that monica does not come back after an act that has happened where she gets stuck in another universe. Yeah. Um, she has to actually stay in the other universe to close to the close hole. the hole that Darben had created. Which is another 
thread of multiverse exact goofballery that we've dealt with for the last like five years of right. of this phase of Marvel movies. But you see her family just so relieved to see that she's back and that she's in one piece, especially her mom. She's just like, oh my God, thank yeah. God. But Nick Fury knows that look. And that's yeah. the first time that really Kamala has to live with this. Yeah, I don't remember in the show her ever like she she dealt with some stuff, but I don't remember ever seeing her have that kind of like thousand yard somebody. stare. Yeah, lost somebody like we don't know if she's alive. We don't know like anything, which is good because in a very Spider-Man way, it gives her the like, yes, being a superhero is fun, but there are costs. Yeah, Here's your Uncle Ben moment right here. That's yeah. what this is. And so, like, Nick goes, what happened? And he he ends up hugging her, I think. But, yeah. like, he, she's like, Monica's gone. And you see Carol having to deal with that in her own way, too, when they get in the plane at the house. Because they yeah. end up going back to where Monica's mom and everybody was. And they're sitting in the plane. And she's like, I'm just watching it until she gets back. And it, I think this whole I think moment. Kamala actually prompts her with that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, it's something something like. You know, she realizes this is Monica's and and says something to prompt her to say, like, I'm just watching it until she gets back. Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And so now you have you have that. Another thing that we talked about a lot when we came back home was I was talking about the fact that Carol having a conversation with Monica and realizing how much she hurt her by not returning to Earth. That's a very important. Scene That's in the an movie. important ass scene. There's two fold is scenes she... in this. It's like there's. There's Carol and Monica having a conversation where she says, like, I I hung on your every word. Yeah. And, like, you didn't come home. And it basically was telling her, like, you really hurt me and it broke me. And then she walks out of the room. Then they have that thing with the whole head connection or whatever. But at one point, Carol says to Kamala, like, listen, I spoke to you really harshly earlier yeah. over something that had happened on another planet or whatever. And she's like, and I'm sorry. And you see her immediately fixing that mistake and going like, yeah, okay, I don't want to screw you up like I screwed up Monica, too. She realizes very quickly as the first time they swap places that like, oh, this kid loves me. Oh, even before that, she ended up in a room. That's what I mean. She when she's like, in a room and looking around, she's like, oh, shit. Uh, and then once <laughs> she meets her, she's like, oh, this is the kid that absolutely loves me. Yeah. Like, I am her hero. Yeah. I need to be very careful with this. Well, and Carol has that moment, too, later on. They they leave the water planet with the singing people and they end up on another planet. And Carol basically comes clean to them of like, I screwed up her planet. Yeah. That's why she's mad. It's my fault. And then Monica goes, that's why you didn't come home. She's like, well, I wanted to fix this before I came home and I couldn't right. fix it. And that's the thing, too. There's a scene with her mom when she like while Monica is 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 blipped, mm -hmm. which means she did come home. Yeah. She did. But when she came home, Monica was no longer there. Exactly. But like she did. It, it was a matter of like she did come home for emergencies. It's not like she's been gone from Earth the whole time before. Right. Endgame. Right. She came home for things that were important to her. Yes, exactly. But like that was one of those things where it's like she came home and she saw Monica's mom, but she didn't ever see Monica. Yes. So it seems like Monica never saw her after that. No, she never which, did. Which really, it hurt her over time and everything. And obviously, you start to see it right from the beginning because Nick is like, Are you going to talk to her? And she's like, No, not right now. Like, yeah. I can't do this right now. Like, all of these other behavior things. But there is, to, to go back to Kamala for a second, 
the thing that she says to Carol is also really great and it's a growth thing for Kamala because she said I'm sorry that when we met I came on really came strong, on really strong right? and I didn't give you space to be a human and that is really important overall too because sometimes when we idolize our people we idolize these heroes in our lives or whatever and we put them on these pedestals yeah but we don't give them the chance to be human. So then when they fall, they fall really fucking hard. So I feel like that's really relatable in a lot of ways. So with all of those things... Before we get into the end, I wanted to say that Darben is actually a character from the comics. Yes. It was a male character. Okay. They changed it to a female character for this, which yes. I think was the right decision. Oh, absolutely. Uh, because it... I don't. I don't Bunch care that men kicking. Uh, yeah, I don't care if it's a superhero of movie of or professional wrestling or whatever. Like a dude slapping a lady just as bad visual. Yeah. Um. And the bands that Kamala has, and then Darben has finds the other one. Um, are called the Quantum Bands, mm-hmm. and I was correct when I was telling you about they are. Uh, they go to a character from the '90s that was called Quasar. Mm. Um, and uh, they have a different history in the in the comic books, but a similar. They don't make like how Kamala can make hard light stuff. Yeah. Um, that's not what they they're there for, but they do uh, allow them to do space travel. Gotcha. Like we saw in the movie. Now, I asked you about this before I kind of brought it up. Does it have the same signature as the Ten Rings? Do we know? No, it does not. It does not? No. Okay. But interesting. I don't know if you caught it was an interesting thing at one point. Uh, Darben has both bangles and yes. breaks a hole in the universe and then dies and the bangles are out in space and Kamala still uses her powers. Yeah. Without them. Yeah. Which means that she that. does not she does not need them for that. Right. Which is fascinating because up until this point, they've been kind of a focus right. for her powers. Yeah, no, that that is very interesting. Yeah, you see that hand come and swoop them all in at the same time. Yeah. So, hmm, that, that an, I wonder if that's a continuity error or if that's intentional. No, I, I think it's intentional. I think there's one something hope. because well, then the next piece of this is one of the I'm going to jump ahead real quick to one of the end sequences and reference it before we get into it. But the existence of this end sequence and where it's coming from and what it reveals to us could also be another piece of evidence to suggest that she's a mutant. That's what I'm saying is I, I think that's that's what that means gotcha. is that she doesn't she doesn't need the bangle to focus because her mutant ability, which we've yet to see in the comics. Yeah. Because in the comics, she's an inhuman. Yes. And her ability is basically the Reed Richards ability. Mm -hmm. She's stretchy. Yeah. Um, So we've ever since they announced back in the summer in the comics that she's a mutant and an inhuman. Yeah. We're like, well, then what's her mutant power? Right. And we expect that it's going to be the hard light stuff. Yeah. yeah. Because that's what they've kind of pivoted her powers towards that makes the last couple of. That's another one of those like, I'd love to know the backstage stuff on that. Like, when was the. When and why was the decision made that, like, well, she can't have stretchy powers because now we own Mr. Fantastic again and we want to put the Fantastic Four in the movies. So we're going to have to come up with something different for Miss Marvel. Right. I mean, yeah, it makes sense to me because you don't want everybody to have the same powers or whatever. But sure. honestly, but I like, think you know, how is... many people have like psychic abilities? How many people have magic abilities? N- yeah, but that's really specific, though. Yeah, but that's super specific, like stretchy powers. Right. All you're going to think is like, oh, is that her dad? Her real dad? <laughs> like, or, or anything like that. You don't want to do that. I honestly think these powers are cooler. I, th- 
think so. I, I would rather her be able to work with light and create these pedestals that she can run up and all of that's these the, things. That's the thing with I, I think I've, I've said before about the Inhumans is like the Inhumans suck. Yeah. Um. They're they're a a, a, a monarch based society, mm-hmm. and like the way you get powers is when you're of the right age. They expose you to what's called this thing called the Terrigen Mist, mm-hmm. and sometimes it gives you cool powers, like you know your voice can blow a hole in a wall, and then sometimes it just makes like tentacles come off your face, mm-hmm. and that like it's just a, it's it's a weird genetic crapshoot. Yeah, I don't like that. And it sucks. Like it's. I don't know why I find it funnier. That's how Generation V characters get made. Well, I don't. I don't know why I find it funnier. With I mean, the, isn't that hold with on the a second? Metaphor. V is almost essentially that kind of. Because like you don't know what powers you're gonna get with V. No, you don't. Injected. It just happens. Right. But like, I don't know why it's funnier to me when like a kid finds out he's a mutant and grows a beak and bird wings, but can't fly. You know, oh, that would be horrible. I think maybe because almost every mutant, even if you get like, like shitty physical deformities, gets some kind of really good power out of it. Right. Whereas, I mean, like, like the humans are just like, ugh. Yeah, you can teleport, but now you look like a dog. Was Kurt always blue with a tail? Uh, we're gonna find out in a month or two. Why? Because there, there's an issue of a comic that's uh, gonna be coming out called X Men Blue that's supposed to like give us the actual official what his origin story yeah, is interesting yeah that'll be good have idea. i ever gone into detail on that no with but you? we d- probably shouldn't do it on here okay <laughs> we'll save that for another day let's talk about the end credit sequences so, so first and before, before the credits hit there's a sequence that feels a lot like the end credit sequence at the end of iron man where kate bishop comes home <laughs> to lucky the pizza dog, the dog and kamala is sitting in the dark <laughs> and says, I'm putting together a team and I want you on it, <laughs> which is exactly what Nick Fury says to Tony Stark at the end of Iron Man 1. She also pulls the saying Kate's full name, which is a really good intentional or non-intentional callback to Very Elena Very constantly funny. going, oh, yes, Kate Bishop. And I was like, are you saying my full name to prove that you know it? Yes. <laughs> And then she ends the conversation by saying, did you know Ant-Man has a daughter? Yeah. Which is a reference to putting together the Young Avengers, which in the comics was Kate and Ant-Man's daughter, who's uh, goes, yeah, Cassie, who goes by stature. Um, uh, The son or the grandson of the original Captain America from Falcon Winter Soldier Mm -hmm. is uh, Patriot. And that uh, a young version of Kang as a plot twist, ends up being Iron Lad. Oh God! In that uh, in that particular uh, comic book, it's 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 where all of them came from, and it's fascinating because two comics came out of new young superheroes that year. It was that and Runaways, and I read Runaways, but I really once again Avengers wasn't really a big deal up until Brian Michael Bendis took over. I really didn't care about Avengers, so I didn't really care about Young Avengers. But then when I fell in love with the Hawkeye book and Kate Bishop was a huge part of that, I went back and bought all the Young Avengers books. I went, oh, yeah, this shit's great. Yeah, this is great. So them the idea of them putting together. Oh, yeah. America Chavez also on the Young Avengers. Yeah. No, so, it totally makes sense. The idea of them putting all these kids together for even if I all I get is a Disney Plus show out of it. Like, I'm, I'm so stoked. I'm and so we, stoked. We have been talking about this long before this as well, because my desired 
dream casting is to make Matt Murdock have to deal with all of these children yeah. who are completely unruly. Which would be really funny. Which would be hilarious. I know you, your your theory is more that probably Peter is going to be in charge. Peter, Parker. I think, yeah, because I think he, he technically counts as one of the younger characters, mm-hmm. even even after the events of No Way Home. Well, they kind of give him that, that blessing of, like, Tony gave him the glass. Yeah, exactly. He, like, he's is sort of the leader. He's kind of set up to be the Tony Stark of the next generation yeah. of of heroes, of, of young heroes. So like, but at the same time, he has the exact same frantic energy of as Miss Marvel. Yeah. So sticking the two of them in the room and like giving them caffeine is just a nightmare. Now question, does Shuri ever pop up in any of this? She does not, but I think she would. She could. She could. Yeah, yeah. she absolutely could be counted as one of the, the you know, next generation they're, they're, of heroes. They're a next generation of heroes. Honestly, so. the, the, depending on how, how long it takes them to get to that, you could literally cast a new Black Panther kid. Yeah, you could. Because they had, they showed at the end of Wakanda that like there is a young child who is actually his son mm-hmm. who is named T'Challa. Like you could totally literally, in the same way that you recast Cassie from Ant Man to Ant Man Two to mm-hmm. to now, you could re- totally recast a young, you know, a young person of of a relative age to everybody else and say, yeah, that's. That's the new T'Challa. I hope they keep that Cassie for the next round, though, because I do like her. I, I think she did a great job in Quantumania. Yeah, she did an awesome job, and she definitely has, like, enough quirks to definitely be uh, Scott Lang's kid. 100%. 100%. <laughs> All the way to being in jail multiple times. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, that shit's fun. And then the credits roll, and I do have to mention the fact how, like, I geeked out to see all the 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 family members from Kamala's family in mm-hmm. like the cinema credits like that shit's awesome that's right. a that's another one of like you went from it's the kind of thing <coughs> we've complained about for years where like you have a flash tv show you have the perfect flash right here oh no we're going to cast a movie star to be the flash like yeah, he's right it. here and he's been the flash for like 4 years yeah no Just i i move feel him like over. grant gustin should have been the the flash all this time it really comes down to does grant want to still be the flash right. cuz he might be tight but so the credits roll hold on hold on hold on pausing to say this is your last attempt to not get something fucking huge spoiled. Yeah. All the other things, like even even the stuff with Kate and everything else, like it's it's important to us, but I don't feel like that's necessarily important to your core audience of people who are really into the nerd shit. So if you do not want to know, turn back now. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200 because we're about to spoil some shit. I'm trying to speed through it because I'm hungry as fuck. I know. I'm sorry. Go. I just wanted to do that one more time, right. just in case. So Monica wakes up in a hospital bed, and her mom is there, but she, her mom doesn't know who she is. And then you hear a very familiar voice, who must be the doctor, say something to her. And when the camera turns on him, it's Hank McCoy, Kelsey Grammer as the Beast. He looks way cooler than he did the last time he was the beast he looks way closer to the one you remember from the cartoons and says to uh says to i can't remember what her mom's name is yeah I but forget. says to her i need to go and uh give charles an update 
yeah. on something, but ba- basically explains to her what incursions are in the same way that Mr. Fantastic explained to Doctor Strange what incursions are. Well, and he said, like, I like the way that he does it because it's, it's like, and then you then you came from another dimension, which is, of course, impossible. impossible. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he's just very matter of fact about it. And I'm just like, ah. And it's awesome having lived with the version of the beast that's in the comics over the last, like, I don't know, decade. Mm. Uh, it's really refreshing to remember when Hank McCoy wasn't a bad guy. <laughs> when he was really charming. He's not a corrupt politician. Yeah, when yeah. he was just really charming and smart. Um, yeah, and then uh, her mom, like, stands up and, like, the blanket she had on her comes off and she's wearing Carol's... Um, a binary suit from like the 70s slash 80s when she was hanging out with the X-Men and the Brood experiment on her and gave her energy powers again. Um, so Monica is in an alternate universe where Carol didn't get the energy powers. Her mom did. Yep. And is hanging out with the X-Men. Yep. And the cool part that I keep zoning in on is that when you see Hank explaining everything and he says he's gonna go give an update or whatever he goes to walk out of the room and you see the x door yeah in the hallway and it's like prominently around this like glass area so i'm like how does that even work that's not how the layout of the building work but i digress fucking cool well, because... do you have any bruises on your chest by the way because you slapped the because hell out of me i open palm slapped the shit out of him when i saw this so i was just like oh my god oh my god yeah. which Usually, if it's not you that gets it, it's Pandoff that gets it. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he bruises. I apologize, but it. I wasn't even necessarily like I got really stoked when I saw Hank, but like the door was really what did yeah. it for me. And I didn't want that was probably the biggest boost of serotonin I've gotten this week, but I couldn't use it as my serotonin boost. Yeah. But no, I like, that truly was me going, oh, my fucking God. And I, had I don't seen, even care about X-Men like that. I had seen Thursday afternoon somebody saying, be careful, spoilers are out there. So I just started looking because I knew there was <laughs> no way I was not going to have it spoiled for me. And I'm the kind of person that, like, even if it's spoiled for me, I want to see it. Yeah. Like, I'm not angry that I know what's coming. I, I want to see how it looks when I see it. I like being surprised. Right. And having, like, the bi- the big screen visual of it. To be surprised. Right. Like I so I had seen both or I had read about both of these things, uh, but it was still really cool to see them both in action. I think I was more excited about the Young Avengers thing than I was the X-Men, which is wild. Yeah, that's kind um, of funny. I, I was super stoked because as soon as I saw super good. As soon as I saw the like the area in which they were at, and then I saw Lucky, that's when I got geeked. Yeah. For that was like Pizza dog, it's Kate. Oh my god! Yeah, because you see her walk up to the door, and you just kind of like see the silhouette, but you could see she's got the bow. Yeah, on, exactly. and I was like, oh, "It's happening!" Yeah, <laughs> it's funny because we probably should have had swapped reactions. Yeah, I probably should have been more stoked about that, and you should have been more stoked about the the X Men thing. But yeah, like I just know how long all of you X Men fans have been waiting for it, so I almost had like secondhand excitement. Oh yeah, for it. it's just waiting for that. It's the X. X-Men and Fantastic Four, but X-Men more importantly because they've been such a big deal for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's it's the kind of thing like in professional wrestling where they wait so long to pull the trigger on something that you know is going to work. Uh-huh. And it's the same way with this. Like, this is all leading towards, even if we don't get the Kang 
Avengers movie, they want to do Secret Wars. Yes. Which will be the way that they fold all of this shit into its own universe and probably how they restart it so they can recast all these people like Captain America and Iron Man mm. and have them in the movies again. Yes. But, man, you are looking so far away. Yeah. That, like, I hope everyone lives long enough for this to actually <laughs> happen. And I say that as somebody who has watched professional wrestling and watched them, like, hesitate to pull the trigger for so long on stuff that it doesn't happen. <clears throat> Bloodline. Jay and Jimmy Uso. Bray Wyatt. Yeah, that too. You know, like, you, you <laughs> I understand wanting to build narrative um anticipation and like you don't want to pull the trigger too soon because then you 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 know you shot your load too soon but like oh we, we nothing's guaranteed man yeah i mean honestly i, I could feel not like the, wake up tomorrow like i feel like the world is gonna implode before we get to some of this stuff right like, it's more of like which is kind of a funny tie-in when it comes to the Marvels was a, like another thing that I feel like right-wing fuckboys are going to get angry about because it was very much like a climate change situation. Yeah, well, once again, you'd have to have actually watched the movie exactly, to get yeah. mad about it. But like that also was evident to me in that sense of like the this place lost all of their resources and they're in the dark and they can't breathe their air and all this other stuff. And I'm just sitting like, this is us in like 10 years. Yeah. Maybe even less than that. Right. Like, how are we going to survive all of this bullshit? But hey, the Marvels, great goddamn movie. Yeah. Don't, I, believe, don't believe that it's not good because it's really fun. And I, I will say this as well is that I feel like it may not be a top tier, like favorite top 10 Marvel movie, but it's still worth seeing. No, but in a phase that started with Eternals? Yeah, it's definitely one of the um, stronger out of this batch. Yeah, sure. I, like we were saying about the shows, if you had to rate a top three out of like this batch of movies, I'd think like this is absolutely in that top three along with Guardians 3. Guardians 3 is number one. And then, it? yeah, and then like, you know, you, you can make it like, some people really love the Thor movie, Love and Thunder. Some people yeah. thought it was a great time. Yeah. Um, you know, um, some people... What was the other? Oh, the Spider-Man movie. Like the Spider-Man yeah. movie was good, but I it also there something about that Spider-Man movie that it just trades, it trades so hard on the nostalgia for the old Spider-Man movies that I don't know if it stands on its own. I personally think it does, but we've had that argument before. We have. It's it's more of like for me, I would probably put the the Guardians is number one, Spider-Man number two, maybe Miss Marvel or the Marvels at number three. I am also blanking on some of the other ones that came out in this phase. I didn't think Inhumans was bad. I just don't feel Eternals. like... Eternals. Yeah, in, uh, Eternals was bad. I just don't think that we care because it doesn't tie into anything. Right, and that's this. it's the same thing with Shang-Chi. Like, Shang-Chi is not a bad movie. It's just that, like, so I don't know... Everyone loves Shang-Chi. I don't know who this character is, so I don't necessarily... I'm not as... Emotionally is that part invested. of this phase too? It is. Okay, yeah. Then I would, I would definitely bump to Miss Marvel number four and have Shang Chi in the top three. Oh yeah, see, my I, I personally really love Shang. To me, Guardians in the Marvels is an easy one and two. It's gotcha. number three that I don't. Yeah, you know. I forget what's all in this phase. Um, I you you really like Multiverse of Madness. I did not. Yeah, I thought it was fine. So like shit like that. There's there's some discrepancies with it. All right, here you go. Black you Widow, Shang Chi, Eternals, Spider Man. Uh, Wakanda Forever. Oh yeah, that was in there too. Doctor Strange, Thor: Love and Thunder, Quantum Mania, 
Captain Marvel 2 Guardians 3. So with that in mind, I would probably end up going Guardians 3. Um, then I would go Spider-Man. And then... Uh, eh, maybe... I'm, I'm torn between like... Because I, I feel like Black Panther should be in there. Because it's really good. It's just not for everybody. Like, if I was doing it ranking by clinical analysis versus what I liked, yeah. it would definitely be... Oh, and, like, Quantumania is part of that, too. Yeah, yeah. I need to think about that. <laughs> Honestly, I do, but, I like, it's like some people, they would put Doctor Strange right at the top, and there's no fucking way. Um, Guardians, though, it definitely is the number one spot, no matter how way you slice it. That one was solid from beginning to end. I have zero argument. Well, I think what you can take away from it is, you know, I think we we both thought the Marvels was really good. Yeah. It is worth seeing. It's definitely if it's not in your top three, it's in your top five. Yeah, so it's in my top three. My top three. <laughs> I'm not saying you're wrong. Just saying. I feel right. like it, it for it to make it to top three, it would have to have a villain that I gave a shit about. Yeah, I think that's my criteria: is that I loved it everything except that piece of it. I just don't care about her. All right, well, I'm, I know you're hungry. I'm hungry as fuck, so yeah. this show's over. <laughs> um, we will talk to you guys next week. We will try and book a guest, but if we don't book a guest, you guys like hanging out with us. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. We'll hang out and talk about some cool shit. And we're sorry this episode was so damn long. See I'm you not. later. <laughs>